Hey to all my educator friends out there. This is the Mike the Principal podcast where we discuss strategies, experiences, and learning opportunities focused on growing leaders to move our schools forward. On this episode, we will discuss how we can better support new teachers. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Mike the Principal podcast. My name is Michael Meachin and I am a high school principal in Central Florida. Don't forget that you can connect with me at Mike the Principal on Instagram or at Mike Meachin on Twitter. And you can see a full summary of my work at MikeMeachin.com. I am super happy and thrilled to be back. Uh, this is our fifth podcast episode. However, we took quite a bit of a break um, after spring break. Uh, the end of the school year definitely was a lot busier than anticipated. Um, had graduations and all the fun stuff that happens in the springtime. And then uh, took some downtime for summer vacation and uh, spent some time with family, uh, did some vacation stuff and uh, got ready for the new school year. So we just kicked off the new school year. So I'm ready for uh, a full season of podcast episodes and I'm really excited to get back uh, doing something that we tried last spring and um, was pretty successful. So I'm excited to get back and this week talk about how we can better support new teachers. And the reason that I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, this topic in particular, well, there's a lot of reasons why I'm gonna talk about this topic um, and I'll, I'll get into those uh, and take a deep dive there in just a minute. But I um, wanted to talk a little bit about what I've been up to over the summer, uh, had an opportunity, I'm currently working on my doctorate uh, degree and uh, in in that work had an opportunity to head back into the classroom. Um, so I'm going to be teaching uh, this upcoming semester at one of our local universities here, uh, relatively large uh, university here in Central Florida area, and uh, going to be working with um, pre pre practice teachers. So um, you know our pre service educators that are getting ready to go into the classroom doing some of their their hours to uh, observe classrooms and see what schools have going on uh, k twelve so I'm really excited to to start that work so obviously you know i've been I've been planning curriculum and and uh, figuring out you know what the course flow is going to look like for the semester and um, I thought, you know, this would be a really good uh, topic and it's it's obviously super relevant. We've got lots of things happening here in the state of Florida um, with uh, just lots of vacancies. We traditionally, we're, we're a huge state, so traditionally we have uh, lots of vacancies, um, thousands of, of vacancies across the state. Uh, it's not a, a super high paying state either. Um, cost of living is a little bit cheaper, although it's gotten a little bit tougher uh, over the past few years. Um, with cost of living, you know, continuing to increase and our uh, our salaries across the board for uh, veteran teachers in particular is is not very high. Um, we have pretty competitive uh, new teacher salaries as you're entering the field. But what that causes lots of lots of teachers to join the profession and then leave, you know, after a few years to go to, to states where they can get more credit for their years in service. So, you know, we've got lots of lots of issues uh, nationwide, but um, here in Florida as well. I'm going to talk today uh, about how we can support new teachers from the, the lens of the principal, obviously. Um, and I think that these are things that we need to be thinking about on a, a national scale, regardless of the state that you uh, might be listening from today. So 
I want to, I want to talk about a few things, um, you know, as I jotted down some notes about what are we going to do about our new teacher problems and getting folks into, uh, into the profession. And the first thing we need to do is realize that we have a problem. Um, we, we have a, a huge amount of vacancies. I remember 20 years ago when I was entering the profession, um, uh, there were not enough, uh, jobs, um, available and any job that you applied for had uh, a large number of, of applicants. And I'm sure there are some schools and districts that still have that going on, but I think a larger number, particularly in your, your, your districts with higher needs or, or cities and, uh, areas with higher needs, um, that's not currently the case any longer. So the first thing we need to do is admit that there's, that there's definitely a problem, um, here, you know, and, uh, then we need to start talking about, um, we need to talk about it on podcasts. We need to write about it. We need to, um, you know, make sure that, that the problem stays front and center, uh, that we, that the, the problem that we are we're experiencing is not going to go away if we don't do anything about it. The other thing that we need to do is, is reframe the, reframe the profession. Uh, we need to stop telling kids to not be teachers. Um, I've heard a lot of that uh, in recent, recent years. Uh, when somebody says that they want to be a teacher, they would, you know, get the eye roll. And um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. But we need to stop telling kids to not, um, you know, go into this profession. So we could start there and I'm going to dive a little bit deeper in that in just a bit. And then we need to better prepare our teachers. We need to do a better job in our teacher preparation programs. Obviously, you know, I'm feeling that as I'm getting ready to, to talk to uh, educators that are going to be entering classrooms, many for the first times about how do we, how do we better prepare them for the world uh, that is, that is education right now or public, uh, public K-12 education in the United States. And then, you know, lastly, we need to take care of the ones that are already in our buildings. Um, you know, we have, you know, I have a wide range of teachers in my building, uh, veterans, um, newbies, and we need to take care of the ones that, that are, that are in the profession on the front lines doing the work uh, every day. So let's break this down a little bit. Let's talk about the vacancies themselves, right? Um, one of the, the I think the easiest ways for us to, to help with the vacancies, uh, is to stop, stop those who are leaving the profession, right? Like we wouldn't have vacancies if we can stop the the teachers who are already in the classrooms doing good work. And I think it's been magnified, obviously, you know, post COVID, uh, post pandemic that, you know, the, you know, the, the great uh, resignation as it's being framed, um, you know, is, is here and it's definitely impacting education, but we were having, we were having issues before COVID, uh, you know, in education. Uh, so, you know, we have to, to start looking and talking to these people at much deeper levels. Like we can't just be doing exit interviews. We need to be talking about why is, why are people leaving this job? And, you know, we know it's tough. We know the work is, is undervalued. It's underpaid. It's all of those things. But, you know, many of the people that are great teachers, they're not doing that work for money. Um, they got into the profession knowing that they're doing a public service. Uh, of course, they want to be paid, um, but that's not why they're leaving the profession on a large scale. And we need to start asking that question. And, you know, more than that, I think when districts have large amounts of vacancies, we have to start going to where the kids are like, we have to go to where the teachers are at. We have to start. It's no longer, 
the you no longer have the ability to just post a vacancy, sit back and wait for candidates to come to you. Like you have to like if your social media game is not strong in this market, in this profession right now, you are going to lose out. Um, we have to start taking a page from large Fortune 500 companies in terms of how they are recruiting and retaining their people. And, you know, I, I read a lot of leadership, um, you know, literature articles, uh, many on like Fast Company and Inc. Um, that just deal with leadership. And we've got to start looking at what these what these companies are doing to retain their employees and building positive culture there. So I think one of the greatest ways that we can stop the vacancies is to, to really dig deep and reflect on why the hell are people leaving our schools and districts in the first place? And uh, until we start answering that question, we really are not going to make a significant dent in the, the overall uh, number of vacancies nationwide for the teaching profession. We can't do what Florida is, is contemplating where we're going to make it easier for veterans or, um, you know, firefighters or public servants or whatever to get a, make it easier to get a certification. What, what, what good does that do? So that means that you have an under certified teacher in the classroom. Like that's, that is not helping. That doesn't mean it's not part of the conversation, but it doesn't mean that that's, you know, that's what we do. We don't, we don't lower the bar. Um, clearly that was not designed by someone who's ever set foot or spent time in an, in the education world. Like we don't lower bars, we raise the bar and, uh, you know, we need to, to reframe that for sure. You know, speaking of reframing, we have to start looking as educators, especially in leadership roles about reframing the position, um, the position and profession overall, you know, first of all, we need people to understand that while teaching is difficult, it is long hours. You will work from home. You will not be paid well. Um, it is awesome. Like it is, it is one of the greatest worthwhile professions that you could possibly that you could possibly go into. And if you, if you've never set foot in a classroom, you wouldn't necessarily know that. Right. And there's lots of things wrong with education right now, but the, but the job and working with kids on a daily basis is, is super rewarding. And it's, it's just an awesome, there's, there's nothing like it. You know, there is nothing like teaching a student to learn a concept and whether that is how to dribble a basketball or how to do um, a multi-step equation or, um, you know, why we need to be talking about some of the social justice reforms that we need to. Uh, there's when kids get it um, and when they start to, you know, to turn the light bulb on as a teacher and when you get to work with them on a daily basis to see their growth over a 180 day year, there is nothing better than that, you know, and even deeper than that, it, there are the stories that, that kids tell you. And if you talk to any, any educator, the stories that they will tell you about their kids because of the relationships that they've built, getting to see kids 
overcome the things that they have overcome and rise to the levels that they are able to, to rise to, whether that's an elementary, middle or high school is just, is an incredible thing. And you, you can't see that and you don't understand those stories unless you spend time in the classroom. And we need to be reframing our profession and spending time about, about that, about that work, about why that work is, is important. It's a call to service. It's like serving your nation, you know, like it's the same call to service that we are, are putting into other areas. We need to do a, there needs to be a call to service for those who want to be, who want to educate. And we know, or I know, um, that education will set you free. There are one of the, the greatest things about this nation is compulsory public education. And yes, there are lots of deficiencies and we can have conversations about that. But the idea that you can use your education to break you out of a cycle um, is, is just an incredible one. And these are the things that we need to be doing to reframe our profession to get more people who want to become educators. We can't, <laughs> we can't take a kid who says, I want to become a teacher and roll our eyes at them. Um, that's not going to help us, you know, that's not going to help us in, in filling any vacancies and preparing them uh, to become, you know, great phenomenal educators that are going to have a tremendous impact on, on their future students. And I think that that's another area that we are, we're falling short right now. Um, is how do we better prepare teachers? I, I interview lots of, of teachers. I have interviewed lots of teachers in my role as a principal over the past however many years. And we have so many teachers who come to us without, particularly at the, the high school level, right? That don't, that, that do not have any student teaching experience or have never taken a, a, an education methods course. And I think if, you know, if you spent time in a classroom, you know, that if you don't have those resources, if you don't come to the, the, if you don't come to the job with those tools, it, it can make it really difficult. So we're losing people quickly. Um, we're losing people because they're not equipped the way that they need to be equipped. We need to start really taking a step back and we need to start, we need to start moving back to to basics. And I'm going to talk more about that in just a bit, but we've lost this art of teaching. Um, we've lost this, this, we've spent so much time on, on the standardization of, of what teaching needs to look like and curriculum pacing maps and pacing guides. And, and I'm not saying that there's not a place for those because there is, but we need to, to have the, the same focus we're putting on those things, we need to shift that focus to the art of teaching and we need to give these kids who are coming into our profession, we need to support them with the tools that it takes to teach the content. The content does not matter if you cannot survive in a classroom. And no curriculum map or pacing guide is going to give you that skill set. And the content will not matter until you're able to, to do those things. And in addition, we have to, we have to stop making this profession so damn boring. Like we have to make it the job of, of teaching kids is a really exciting one. 
And I feel like over the past years, it has slowly become just more and more boring. We've got to bring the excitement back to our schools and to our classrooms. We talk about engagement all the time. We talk about teachers engaging students, but we never talk about engaging teachers. Like we have to engage teachers and stop making this profession so dang boring. And then in addition to that, we have to give them what they need. And that doesn't mean like we have to, like, I mean, if I see one more Amazon wish list for a teacher, this is just a, this is a sin. Like we have to give them what they need. Like, I mean, if they're asking for things that are, that are, are crazy and, and like wild, then okay, that's, that's one thing. But making sure teachers have the tools that they need to teach their their kids in the classrooms on a daily basis, uh, they should not have to put an Amazon wish list together for that. You know, it just makes, I mean, think about what that looks like to people who are on the outside. Um, it's just, it's mind blowing. Like we've got to give teachers what they need and we have to better prepare them to take on the challenges that they'll get or we'll see in our classrooms. And, you know, the last thing that I'll talk about uh, on this episode is, is, and I think this is an understated one, is we have to take better care of the ones that are already in our buildings. Like, we have incredible teachers, new or not, that are doing incredible things with kids on a daily basis. And we have to start treating them like the pros that they are. Like, We've have to, we have to start reflecting on what can we take off of their plates? Like, what can we do? I ask this question to my teachers all the time. What can I do to make sure that you do not go home with mountains of, of work every night? How can I design a school that will do that, that will maximize the time that we have with kids in our building? Like, we have to start treating them like professionals, we have to show them that we have their backs, like no matter what, like they're, they're going, I treat my staff like we're going into battle, like whatever you need, I have your back. Like I will, I will pick you up and I will dust you off on your worst days and I will be your biggest cheerleader to get you back in there and start making it work. Like that's what we need to be doing for the people that are already in our buildings. And I don't think we're doing that work. If I'm a principal right now, I'm going back to my school and I'm thinking about those things and I'm going to make that change. We just are starting school year or schools are getting ready to start the school year. How are you going to treat the people in your building like pros and how are you going to show them that you have their backs? And can we just, can we take a step back and get back to basics? Like, can we just put all of the, the bureaucracy and the red tape that is bogging this profession down? And can we just have some brave souls that will stand up and say, I'm just going to let my teachers teach. Yes, I'm going to monitor them. Yes, I'm going to spend time in their classroom. But can we just like focus on the art of teaching kids? Like, can we do that? Like, are we going to have any brave principals that are going to get out there and do that work and, and treat their staff like the pros that they are and have their backs? Can we go into classrooms and provide them with feedback that's truly non-evaluative? Like, can we stop telling them that it's going to be non-evaluative 
and then make it evaluative? Like, can we go in and give teachers just like feedback and build the trust with them so that they understand that it's in our best interest to grow them, to grow our own in our schools with the feedback that they need to make them better teachers so that we can, in essence, have a better school and reach more kids at deeper levels. Like, can we do that? Like, it shouldn't be that difficult. Like, if I'm a principal, I'm going back and I'm having those conversations with my leadership teams, with my teachers. And how can we love on them? Like, how can we do things, whatever it may be, as little as it, as it, as it, as it needs to be, like, we have to show them that we love them. You know, we have to show them that the work that they do is valued because right now in our society, it is they're fighting a war. And if we're not going to be their biggest champion, I don't know who will be. I, you know, I, I, principals have to go back to their buildings and they have to start having these conversations and they've got to start, um, they've got to start doing some of these things or we're going to continue to lose people from our profession. But I truly believe that these are the steps, treating them as pros, having their backs, getting back to basics, making it easy for them to do their job and giving great feedback and then loving the hell out of your staff. I think that those are the things that we can do that are going to help answer the, really that, that first question is how do we stop those from leaving the profession? You know, I think, um, and I'm sure I'm going to be talking about it in future episodes about my work with, uh, with my pre-service teachers uh, over the course of this semester. I'm definitely going to be back talking about other topics that are related to principals, but I think that this is a really important one. And, and as we're, we are all dealing with new teachers, we are all having new teachers come into the buildings um, to start a, a brand new school year. I think we need to think about that. Like, how do, we, how do we stop them from leaving the profession once we have them? How do we build them? How do we grow them? How do we show them that this work is awesome? How do we teach them how to build relationships so they understand the incredible stories that our kids have and that education can set them free? How do we better support our teachers through designing professional development that's grassroots, things that are powerful and impactful that they can learn today and implement tomorrow? No more of this three to five year nonsense. Like, how can we do that? How can we give them what they need? No more Amazon wish lists. How do we take care of the ones that are already in our building? How do we treat them as pros and have their backs? How do we make the job easier for them and give them mountains of feedback that are only going to improve their craft that don't impact their evaluation? And then how do we love them? These are the things that we need to, if I'm a principal right now, I'm going back into my school, I'm going back into my district and I'm having these conversations. These, this is the work that is going to help us retain our teachers in our schools. So I'll, I'll leave with this. Um, I, you know, I think teaching is, is, is the most honorable profession, um, that there is. And, uh, and you know, I, I miss, there's not a day that I don't miss the classroom. I'm so excited to get back into work with some pre-service teacher this uh, semester. So, um, you know, just as a reminder, if you're interested to learn more about principal and school leadership development, if you want to talk more about topics like this, uh, you can connect with me at MikeMeachin.com. You can connect with me on Instagram or Twitter. You know, I work with schools and districts to develop programs, to develop school leaders, or provide leadership development. And you can find out more on my website at MikeMeachin.com.
If you want to connect, be sure to do so. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike Meachin. I'm on Instagram a heck of a lot more these days at Mike the Principal. You can follow me there. Subscribe to hear more conversations about moving the work forward. So I appreciate you taking some time to listen to this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it and we'll see you later.